Blog Talk Radio. Greetings all and welcome to Getting Loopy. It's another Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and we're going to have a little loopy fun. Today is April the 30th, 2018 and our guest tonight is designer extraordinaire Vashti Braha. But uh, while I'm waiting for her to call in, <laughs> V, if you're listening, it's time. Um, let's go over some stuff. So uh, as usual, um, if you want to find out what's going on with Getting Loopy, please join the Facebook group which is called, interestingly enough, Getting Loopy, uh, the Ravelry group, Getting Loopy 2.0. You can always follow along on the blog, hookedforlifepublishing.com slash blog, which I've still been pretty sloppy about updating, but hey, I'm moving this week, and uh, I've lived in this apartment for four years, which doesn't seem to be that long of a time, and I moved down here with, you know, half of a of a 12-foot truck, and I don't know where all this stuff came from. It, it's terrifying how much stuff there is. And I know a lot of it is yarn. And I know that the yarn breeds. And it's terrifying. But um, holy Pete, there certainly is a lot of stuff. So I'm sitting here amongst a pile of boxes trying to figure out uh, what's going to happen. But I'm staying in Wilmington, North Carolina. And um, follow along on Instagram, which is hooked number four life LLC. I will be putting a lot of photos up there in the next two weeks as I build out the studio, which is the whole reason of moving to this apartment is so that all of my work stuff, including all the podcast stuff and all the computer stuff and all the video stuff and all the sewing stuff and all the yarn stuff and all the Mod Pod stuff can all be in one room. So I still won't have a dining room, but uh, hey, I live alone and I don't have that many people over for dinner at one time, so it shall all be well. And I do have an eating kitchen in the new place, so I'll have um, some place to eat that is not uh, my red leather chair in the living room. So um, I'm pretty excited about this move. I'm just a little bit terrified of living through it. Uh, So that's thing number one. Next week, May 7th, I do not have a guest, and I'm a little crazy trying to get this move thing settled. So if anybody wants to volunteer this tribute, now's your time. Um, If you're a friend or a listener or somebody even vaguely involved in the world of crochet and you want to be on the show next week, please email me because goodness knows I will never get it together at this point. But the week after that, we have the lovely and talented Marisa Garris from Underground Crafter, which I'm very excited to have her. I always learn something when I talk to Marie. She a very smart businesswoman in addition to being an interesting artist. So I'm very excited that she is coming on on May 14th. And then a brief reminder on May 21st, we have no show because I will be in Illinois. I will be teaching two color crochet, one color at a time at the Northern Illinois Crochet Guild of America in Arlington Heights. And um, I believe that website is nicrochetguild.com, but Google Northern Illinois, I keep saying Northern Ireland because I was there a couple of months ago. Northern Illinois Crochet Guild of America. Speaking of Northern Ireland, and in case you're wondering while I'm babbling, uh, Vashti hasn't been able to get through yet. So uh, the minute that uh, she gets through, technically, I will put her on the air. But in the meantime, I hate dead air, so I'm going to keep talking. Um, Speaking of Northern Ireland, um, One of the things when I was on Hochanda the last time in February, 
Um, Mother Nature was not cooperating, so all of the wool yarns that I had intended to sell didn't get there on time, which was frustrating because it was 19 degrees Fahrenheit and unseasonably cold, and I was on the air selling spring cottons, (laughs) which, uh, as you might imagine, sold okay, but didn't set the world on fire. So one of the things that I'm doing, um, I have a relationship, the company is from Turkey, and it's called Macaroni Yarns with two C's. And uh, they're a relatively new player on the field, and I have had a really wonderful time working with them and picking colors and and yarns and stuff like that. So since summer is coming over here, whether it is over there or not, I don't know, but um, I am having the yarns that were developed for Hochanda will actually be coming to the United States hopefully in a week. And at that point, I will be selling them retail on the website and sort of finding out what people like and don't like and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm pretty excited by this. There are patterns. People have already emailed me. They saw photographs of some of the crochet patterns and wanted to know where they can get them. Well, this is where you're going to be able to get them. They're going to be free patterns on the blog, and uh, the yarn will be available from Hooked for Life. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, let's call that after I get back. Uh, so probably the 28th, maybe March 28th might be when that stuff is available because um, I want to make sure that I have the stock here on the shelves and all that other kind of good stuff. And I, I if I say next week, it's not going to be next week because I'll still probably be looking for clean dishes. So um, possibly not. Oh, boy, I don't know where Vashti is. I don't know what's going on here. I cannot find her. Um, So, poo. I hate when this happens. I don't know why we have just been cursed with the tech this year. It has just been uh, very unfortunate. But, uh, Vashti, if you're listening, it would be a lovely time for you to call in. And uh, I know that you have the link to call in because you told me that you did. But in the meantime, hey, if anybody else wants to call in, let's see if I can find the Oh, never mind. She's here. Huzzah. Hello, Mary Beth. Hello. I was tap dancing there, man. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. So I'm I'm using my my old-fashioned telephone, my landline, because uh, the two other methods didn't work for some reason. So... Here I am. Well, listen, we're all glad you're here because you're here I was running out of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it so kept sorry. saying click allow, and there's like no allow to click. I <laughs> uh, you know. I'm telling you, so all this, I, you know, I feel like I'm sitting on the front porch shaking my cane. All this newfangled tech <laughs> doesn't work. I'm on my phone, too, because, you know, whatever. It works. So, yeah, the phone. Thank you, Mary Beth. Gosh, congratulations. I'm so happy getting Loopy is back. I was just going to tell that story. So a couple of months ago, I did the little test episode of getting Loopy to see if anybody cared. And I literally hung up the phone (laughs) and it started ringing (laughs) as I hung it up. And it was Vashti saying, I can't believe getting Loopy's back. I can't believe getting Loopy's back. So... Not only is it your fault that I'm a crochet designer, it's possibly your fault that getting loopies back, you know. You got so excited. How could I disappoint you, V? <laughs> <laughs> I accept that blame. 
Okay, so for those of you who do not know the story, 100 million years ago, um, or 2006, depending on how you count, I was writing for Yarn Market News, which is a trade magazine, and Vashti was the secretary at that time of the Crochet Guild of America, and I interviewed her for a magazine piece for Yarn Market News, and I said, boy, I wish I could be a crochet designer. It sounds like fun. I've been crocheting all my life, and I write books, but it sounds like fun. And Vashti said... There's this, there's this show. It's going to be at King of Prussia, Pennsylvania in a couple of weeks. Is there any chance that you could come? How far away is that from you? And as it turned out, it was a few hours from me, but it was only 40 minutes from Grandma Loopy. And Little Loopy was a Little Loopy in those days. So uh, I dropped LL. <laughs> well, I dropped Little Loopy off with her grandma, and I went and met Vashti at the show. And, um, you know, 12 years later, the rest is history. So I, I do alternately thank you and blame you for the subsequent 12 years of my life. (laughs) However, they had to listen to me ramble last week, so we're here to talk about you. So it's been obviously at least six years since you were on the show. So what's going on in designing Vashti Land? You started a few years before I did in the crochet industry, and we all sort of started the same way at the time. We did magazine work because that's all there was, and we wrote books or we didn't. And uh, you were one of the early refugees away from the print world because you wanted to do your own thing. Um, So now we have lots of bloggers and other people that started their company digitally. But I feel like you and perhaps Kim Guzman were the early refugees from magazine work into setting up your crochet empires the way that you wanted them. And how how's that work for you, V? I mean, uh, I, I know that you love having control over your output as an artist, but... Um, sitting back and watching how things have changed over the last five years, how, what do you think? Yeah, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe the pace of change and, and the, the series of steep learning curves that continue to come up. I'm just, I'm just amazed at this industry. Um, I got to say that I think, um, Drew Borsky for being the trailblazer when it comes to blogging about crochet. Mm-hmm. And Kim Guzman, you're right, yep, it was Kim Guzman who, had, she had a website going, a pattern website, um, so long ago. And she was not the only one, but she she was the one who made an impact on me. You know, she inspired me to have, um, to go a website route, which doesn't have to be because Ravelry is a great place for designers. You know, Ravelry is kind of like a website away from home um, for crocheters who, you know, it makes having their own website optional. But right. I've I've loved having mine. Uh, that said, <laughs> the past year, I think um, it was about exactly a year ago that something happened with my website and I didn't understand what it was at first, but I started hearing crickets. The traffic to my website just plummeted. And I was asking other people, I said, so, geez, what's it like for you? How, you know, how are your pattern sales going? Or, you know, I I talked to um, uh, 
Bob at, at Nancy's Knickknacks, you know, about um, what he's hearing from the yarn shops and everything. And, you know, there are these seasonal slumps that happen in business, patterns, yarn, whatever. But it turns out in my case that Google uh, started penalizing my website for not being mobile ready. <laughs> and oh, they had been, and you didn't know. I did not know. I figured that out um, the end of 2017. <laughs> and thank goodness, you know, I was already planning on uh, my website definitely needed um, a, a facelift. I needed to update some stuff. It's just that I was mm-hmm. not in a hurry to do that the moment I was getting warnings from, from Google. And, you know, they weren't warning me personally, just generally the right. – you know, the world. It's like, yo, people, if you're not mobile ready, get it together. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, thank goodness, the when I did do this whole facelift thing in the fall of 2017, that that uh, more than answered Google's needs for being mobile ready and, you know, that kind of thing. It was rough because it broke a lot of links. I'm still fixing links. So if anybody has clicked on anything that's supposed to go to designingvashti dot com, and you get some kind of a, a you know a, a four hundred four warning or something like that, it's just because I haven't gotten to that link to fix yet. <laughs> they are hidden in nooks and crannies. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, and I'll tell you what, speaking of Kim Guzman, she's been posting on Facebook, on her personal Facebook, that spent the last two weeks giving her site a facelift. And for people like me who have just been so resistant to, to drinking the Kool-Aid and getting on the website bandwagon, part of me is going, oh, crap, you mean once I figure all this crap out, I may have to do it again? What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm terrified, but um, I'm glad I'm glad that you figured it out. Yes, thank And you. the other thing I wanted to mention was your newsletter. And one of the things that impresses me about Vashti's newsletter is it is so detailed and it is so full of information that you actually want. Because often back in the day when I reliably did a newsletter, which I'm working on trying to bring back, but it was very much, here's the guests on Getting Loopy, here's the newest patterns, here's a magazine or a class that you can take, have a nice life, love MB. And you're like, this is what happens when you do Solomon's Knot on this hook and this yarn. And isn't it different from what I did in that, you know, like your <laughs> your newsletter articles are so incredibly detailed. And I remember when you started it, you were trying to do it weekly. <laughs> and we all went, you're out of your mind. So you're like, yeah. no, no, I can do this. And a couple of months in, you were like, you guys are right, I'm out of my mind. <laughs> no, I was trying to do every other week. But, yeah, that got to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> So really? Did I tell you weekly? You did at the oh. very beginning. We all went, oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I was. <laughs> well, we all learn. <laughs> we all live and learn. So, so I was hoping. Let's talk to the nice people about your newsletter and how they get on it and why they want to. Okay. So I, <laughs> I had this fantasy that I would be able to send out a newsletter issue um, shortly before coming on um, this episode tonight. And that, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know, you laugh. (laughs) Yeah, so that didn't happen. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that will be issue number 92 when that happens. And wow. the, the rough draft, the, the topic of um, the rough draft of 92 is uh, I have, for a long time I've been fascinated by the kinds of uh, substitutions and, and uh, alternative little moves that crocheters can choose to do and how much that depends on our crochet experience. Okay, so like a simple example would be that, that maybe a newer crocheter has experienced is that if you're doing a pattern that has a picot in it, Mm-hmm. There are several different ways that you can make a picot, right? You right. could chain three and then slip stitch in the third chain from your hook, and you've got a picot. Right. Or, you know, that's just one of the ways. There's uh, other ways that are less concise to say. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. So, <laughs> and the thing about a picot is that almost always you don't crochet into your picots, you know, in the next row, so it kind of doesn't matter how you make your picot because it doesn't affect how the next row is. You know, well, usually I'm not Mary, Mary, MBT's rule of internal consistency. I don't care what you do as long as you do it the same way throughout the piece, then you're right. You know, I might have to quote you on, on that. I mean, in the newsletter. Because I internal. say that when I'm teaching, I say it all the time. Well, I did it this way, and I meant to do it that way. Well, do it this way, the same way through, and then just, it's on yep. <laughs> But my students will tell you it is MBT's rule of internal consistency, and they will all quote it <laughs> at all times. But it's something I started saying when I started teaching so much in the room because people freak out that they might be wrong. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there are so many ways to accomplish, to end up at the same place or a place that's just as good <laughs> or better. Right. <laughs> Okay, um, so, but some of those some of those options that we have as crocheters, we build up a bank of them over time. With that's something that you get from experience, you know. Okay. And then and it's there's like a wisdom building element to it too, because so taking that picot example, so say you need say you're doing a picot edge, it's the last edge of a row. And you need that edge to drape, so you don't need it to to tighten up, right? You don't want to be adding an edging that makes it um, stiffer or more firm. You need it to be relaxed and maybe a little extra stretch in it. And so there are some picots that will add a little more give, and there are other picots that could firm up the edge, you know? Yes. So... The more experience a crocheter has, the more they might have experimented with some different picots to have a preference to think, well, the designer, if, if they're following a pattern, the, the designer says to do this kind of picot. God, I never liked doing that kind of picot. I want to do my favorite kind. And you might feel free to substitute with your favorite kind. And hopefully you would also know that that it will... Um, not change the the rim, the edge of your piece, you know, in keeping with with what the pattern needs or something. I mean, that's that's a refinement that a more experienced crocheter would have a sense of. You follow me? Okay. Yes. 
So I've been thinking about things like that because, um, well, I'm getting ready for these classes that I'm going to be teaching in July, and uh, there's five the topics. in Portland. Yes, guys. in Portland, Oregon, and and there's more than one topic I'm teaching where it ends up making use of this kind of thing. So, like when you're doing planned pooling, um, you need your colors uh, when the color of the yarn changes you need that that next color to be coming up to your hook at the right place because you want it to pool in a certain kind of pattern right so you might need to right, change your one stitches of that, one of the things that people have been having issues with plan pooling is they put all the time and effort in to get it to start and it looks great but if your gauge changes part way through for whatever reason um, yeah. you can lose it just as easily, yes. you know, you're watching an exciting part of the TV show and you start crocheting tighter. Yeah, you can yep, lose yep. your you can lose your pooling. And I know a lot of people were frustrated when they were because it was the hot topic, you know, a few months ago. And a lot of I, I think people are still interested, but a lot of people, you know, they put all that effort in to learn how to start the project properly, and then would get the first yep. six inches, and then it would go to heck, and they couldn't figure out why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's so many little options and substitutions that we have with crocheting that that's where you can be tweaking it, you know. So, like mm-hmm. if you have if you if you're using a, a lot of people are pooling with um the seed stitch, the single crochet and then chain 1, chain 1 and stitch then pattern. yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so say you need to be taking up more yarn, you could add in some extra yarn overs when you make your when you're finishing your single crochet and that hides extra yarn in that stitch to make the next mm-hmm. color come up faster. Okay. You know, that that would be an example of you're making a substitution um very consciously with a strategy to it and you know that in the context of that fabric that you're making, it's not like it's going to stretch out because all of the other chains and single crochets that are around that weird stitch you just made are going to hold it, are going to make it look like another single crochet. You know, you're you're it's, doing it's a kind of a blend in with its neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you can fudge the kind of stitch and how you make it, uh, if necessary, to make the color come up when you need it to. Right. So the planned pooling would be an example of these these kind of substitutions, you know, strategic substitutes that you can make, and you get savvier with the more experience you have crocheting, you know, with the different options. You you just get craftier and you know trickier and you know sneak, <laughs> sneakier. But okay. <laughs> So is plan pulling one of the classes that you are teaching at CGOA? Yes, yes. Creative planned color pooling, I think it's called. Creative mm-hmm. crochet pooling. Creative planned color pooling, I think. Uh, okay. They'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's the end of July. It's like July 27th or 28th. I have the date written here somewhere. But anyway, it's that last week of July. It's in Portland, Oregon. Yes, and uh, you keep talking, and I will look that up. All right. So another class topic is uh, self-healing crochet stitches and how to cut them, which is a, a, that a kind is of... That is the one that blows my brain. 
Like, I'm very <laughs> that I am not going to Portland for a variety of reasons, but one of them is because I want to. <laughs> oh, man, you're not going to be there? I'm not going to be there. When are not we going to get a photo year. together? I don't know. Mary Beth, I was looking. I don't have any photos of you and I together at all the events that we met up at, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to post about being on the show tonight, and I don't actually have a photos of you and me standing there together. I like, feel like I have one from about 800 CGOAs ago. I know. The, the year that Buffalo. I feel like I have one from Buffalo, but I'll have well, to then, find it. And, then, of course, I'm moving, so all my photo albums are packed. But yeah, that was I, I couldn't that find anything online. I, okay. But that was the year uh, you that beautiful pink pink bracelet that I wear every year on my birthday. Do you? You made me a pink crystal. Yes, I do. You made me a beautiful bracelet with giant pink <laughs> I remember, I remember the bracelet. But so, so it's holding up? You gave it to me for my birthday that year. Anyway, yep, we're boring yep. people. <laughs> I, just, I feel sentimental. <laughs> I'm all sentimental too, because, you know, because it's, it's getting loopy point, you know, 2.0. 2.0. The problem that we're having with this, and for those of you who are listening can always vote in, some of the listeners that listen to Getting Loopy 2.0 are from the olden days, and they think it is adorable when we reminisce, but some of them are like, who the hell are these people, and why are they talking about a birthday party from 2008? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. All right. It's very hard to... For all of us, not I'm not I'm not taking shots here. I'm really not. I'm delighted you're here. But it's hard to remember that a good chunk of the current audience has just joined us for the first time, so they don't and know that's the interest. They don't know the link, and it's wonderful. But so I worry sometimes. I feel like every week I come on the air and I'm talking about you know in 1923. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because in internet years, this show is is you know older than dirt. <laughs> yeah. So I have to be careful that I don't. But again, many of you have heard the birthday party of the of uh, the the story of the birthday party in Buffalo that will live on in infamy. It was it was uh, alternately known as how many crochet designers can you fit in a small restaurant? And when we said there were crochet people coming to this restaurant to have a party, they did not believe us until 40 of us showed up. <laughs> That's the night I met Karen Hooley. That's because <laughs> she had flown in. For, she was teaching Sock Summit. And I said, who's that at the next table? And so he says, Karen Hooley. I'm like, that can't be Karen Hooley. She's teaching Sock Summit. She's like, no, it's me. <laughs> that was insane. Anyway, I feel like I had a a picture of us from that, and I will have to look. So CGOA is the, uh, I just said it, the cho- July 25th to 28th in Portland, Oregon, and go to c- crochet.org to get more information. But the point of all of this is not only is Vashti teaching all these wonderful classes that she has developed. I mean, I feel sometimes like we all teach the same thing except for you. You, like, go out there into the wild and hunt and gather these topics that nobody else <laughs> and come back and go look I, I created a thing but the self the, so the self healing crochet stitches that Vashti is developing that class um, there's a technique in knitting called steaking in which you knit away and you knit some extra edge stitches so it's to knit color work and around to make life easy instead of going back and forth in rows and then so if you're knitting say a cardigan you would essentially knit a tube, and when you were up to the top of it, you would 
literally cut the knitted fabric open in the front to add the front closing, and then you would cut out where you wanted to put the sleeves and you would cut out the arm's eye. So uh, it is a way of knitting, and it freaks people out because you spend all this time knitting and knitting and knitting and knitting, and then you whip out a giant pair of scissors, and then you cut it. Um, But it's a traditional technique, and it's really cool, and it's kind of scary. And I had no idea that it was possible to do it in crochet. And then all of a sudden on your Facebook and Twitter, you're suddenly going, look, I I cut a hole here, and then I ripped these stitches out, and look, it's an armhole. And I'm like, I I mean, it just blows my mind. I don't even know how you came up with that. Yeah, all right. I had to come up with that, like, of necessity because I I had a rectangular stole and it kept slipping off my shoulders, and so I thought, I'm never going to wear this thing unless I put armholes in it. I'm just going to hold my breath and try cutting <laughs> cutting holes in it, and nothing happened. It, it just so happens that the stitch pattern of that stole that I had, it was basic what I now call, it was made of self-healing stitches. Right. So the self-healing, uh, we're thinking like a self-healing, like we talk about a self-healing sewing mat, means I'm sort of gouging it with scissors, but it's going to close itself up. Yes. Uh, again, it just it completely blows my mind that you came up with that because I, again, I think I think it's game-changing. I do. Technique makes me tingle. Oh, but there's so many things that people come like, I know I'm going to go to hell for saying this. There are certain colleagues that come up and go, I invented this thing. And you're like, Diva, I've been doing that thing for 25 years. You didn't invent squat. (laughs) And just because you were unfamiliar with it doesn't mean you're the first person on planet Earth to come up with it. So sit down and calm down. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I feel like you are absolutely out there just making stuff up. (laughs) But useful stuff, not like I put these things together in a different way and I've invented that. You're like, well, no, if you... If you take your scissors out and cut this stitch and pull it in this way and put some yarn on a tapestry needle and shove it in this exact spot, then you can do this thing. And not only is it a new thing, um, it's a thing that people actually want to do. I was teaching Crocodile Stitch two weeks ago in Dallas. Um, I'm going to hell. I dislike Crocodile Stitch. I enjoy teaching it. It's fun. It's a different way to manipulate the hook, and it, it I think it opens crocheters brains because honestly it's chains and double crochets like everything else but it takes people a long time to figure out that they do not have to work in traditional rounds and that they do not have to work back and forth in rows right so mm-hmm. crocodile stitch breaks that part of their brain that tells them they can only go back in rows back and forth in rows and it says, well, you know, rotate it counterclockwise and go this way and put it here and then here and then rotate it again. And now you went down and now you went up and now you're going sideways. And it's like the first hour and a half of that class, everybody resists. And then they go on break and they come back and then it like clicks. But I had a student <laughs> say, well, what do you design in crocodile stitch? And I'm like, I don't. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a terrible human being. I think the class is worthwhile. I think the stitch is worthwhile. But honestly, people take it because they saw one of two pictures on Pinterest. They saw the the baby booties in the transitional yes. yarn that looks like it might be mini mochi, and it has the crocodile stitch around the cuff. 
or they saw the dragon scale cosplay crocheted yes. gauntlets that have the dragon scales. That's it. Yep, <laughs> seen those. A designer recently do an afghan pattern with crocodile stitch, and I think it's freaking genius. I mean, it was amazing. She did huh. a square, and it's outside in, and I have to go find her name because it was a really cool thing that she did. But, um, you know, unless I'm making an owl or a dragon or a porcupine or a hedgehog, I'm not using crocodile stitch that much, um, and I felt really bad. So the point I was trying to make in all of this, you make me say terrible things, V, um, is that... Um, <laughs> The classes that you are teaching that are new and different are out there actually result in people learning skills that they might want to use again. I hope so. <laughs> but it's something I love about you. So let's also, because, you know, I got to tell you guys, Hoshti emailed me earlier and said, what do you want to talk about tonight? And I'm like, like we've ever had a problem talking. When Hoshti called me after getting Loopy came back, I think we were on the phone for two and a half hours. Yeah, I think <laughs> Which so. Is our, our habit as friends is to not talk for a year and then talk on the phone for a week <laughs> and then not talk to each other again for a year and then talk on the phone for a week. So that's kind of how we do. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about before we get too far away. So your classes, so let's do, so you're doing the self-healing crochet stitches. Uh, you're doing a class on Tunisian. It looks like bias. Yep. Yep. Diagonal. Yep. Tunisian on the diagonal. And yep. And the um, 21st century the, love not adventures. Okay, and color pooling, and then what's the fifth one? Do you remember? The Star Warble Way. Uh, it's a lacy star stitch cowl. Thing. Okay. Because yeah. I wanted to make sure we got all that. So crochet.org, July 20, whatever I said it was. It's the CGOA show. It's a lot of fun. Um, there are a lot of great teachers going, but Vashti, are you teaching all new classes? Crazy person? Speaking of crazy person. <laughs> are all I'm, of classes new? I'm only a little crazy, not completely. <laughs> um, no, I have taught most of these before. Oh, okay. Because the other But not that, all of Yeah, uh, yeah I have not taught. All of <laughs> Yes, I have taught them all at a CGOA conference. Oh, okay. So this is, they're not all brand new as much as newly updated. Okay, because one of the things, people will say, what do teachers talk about when they hang out? One of the things we talk about is, oh, my God, I booked six classes and four of them were new and I would like to kill myself now. Because from a teaching perspective, if you're going to go teach five, six, seven classes, you want a couple of them to be old standbys so yes. that you can give your brain a little bit of a break because teaching a new class is terrifying because you do not have your pacing down yet. You have your material and you have your handout and you have your sample and you know what you want to convey, but until you get it on its feet in a room, you don't know how the pacing is going to go. So new classes are a little more stressful than older classes. And so invariably yeah, I one usually... of the things you just talk about in the room is, oh, my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> I find I have to teach a class topic about somewhere between three and five times to iron out all of the, um, like there are different ways that I could explain something or or explain yeah. things in a certain order where you can see the most comprehension on people's faces the fastest, you know. Uh, yeah. Or there are certain uh, visual aids that I could use that just really nail it for people. And yes, and then I, as soon as you 
guess at that point yeah. the promoters go, "Can you? Do you have anything new? We don't want to teach that." <laughs> yeah, right. By the time you get it under your belt, the people are like, "Oh, let's retire that. Let's come up with something new for the next one." You're, oh God. The thing that saves me personally is Tunisian crochet basics. I feel like I've taught every woman and man in America how to do Tunisian crochet, and yet every time I teach it, there's 30 more people that have never taken it before. Wow. So that's my that's my brain break is Tunisian crochet because I feel like I could teach that standing on my head <laughs> forwards, backwards. Tunisian you know. is quite a trend. Um, I'm Googling really fast because I got an alert from um, – in my Gmail, let's see uh, – searches. Um, Google Trends just alerted me a week or two ago that searches for Tunisian crochet were up, yeah, April 23rd, so seven days ago. Uh, Google mm-hmm. Trends says, Google searches for Tunisian crochet are up 32% in the past week. And a week before that, oh, they're up 20%. And a week before that, they're up 15%. So it was um, quite well, a, a trend. Yeah, that, is, yeah. that is amazing. But Tunisian's my my go-to. You know what I mean? If I have to get a couple classes in there that I don't have to, um, you know, freak out about new material. And it's like, let's because in Dallas a couple weeks ago I taught three Tunisian classes, which was like, oh thank goodness, because those are the ones that I can just like look through. But before we go, we're running out of time already, darling. Um, wow. For those of you who may or may not remember from the olden days, um, if you are listening live when our 45 minutes are up. Blog Talk Radio will cut you off. Um, you can always call the call-in number to listen to the rest of the show. But those of you that are listening later on iTunes or however you choose to listen to podcasts, um, you will get the show in its entirety. It will not cut off. So, Vashti, you'll hear the crazy British lady telling us the show is over. But if we go over a couple minutes, it just means the people that listen later will get a longer show. But the only people that will be affected, those of you who are listening live, might miss the last couple of minutes, but you can also listen to it on playback later. Um, Because, yeah, there's no way we're going to be done in six minutes and 52 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I want to talk about Lotus Yarns. Talk to me about Lotus Yarns. Lotus is a yarn that Vashti developed and retails and wholesales. And um, she was searching for yarn. She and uh, our friend and... Vashti's occasional business partner, Doris Chan, um, have been the proselytizers for looking for Z-twist yarn as opposed to S-twist yarn. Do I have that the right way around? Yes. And how crocheting tends to work better with Z-twist yarns, and there aren't that many available, so that's how Lotus was born. So can you talk about Lotus a little bit, please? Okay. So while I'm (laughs) remembering it, uh, so about the Lotus Yarn and also about the newsletter, if you want to find it fast on my website, the direct link is designingvashti.com. I wonder if I should spell that. Um, designing, like the word, and then Vashti, <laughs> V is in Victor, A-S-H-T-I.com, okay? So if you just go to that, designingvashti.com, then up at the top, uh, the menu items, the tabs at the top, there's one that says newsletter. So that's how you get uh, to subscribe to the newsletter. And then and when it comes to the side, Lotus... You guys, if you do not subscribe to this newsletter, you really need to because it is full of information and it is not just a hi, it's me, buy things kind of newsletter. Okay, thank you, Mary Beth. Oh, and the issue I sent out 
about a month ago was on Z-Twist. I finally did an issue on Z-Twist. <laughs> hey, now, um, and then sign up for the newsletter now, do they have access to the back issues? Yes, they have. Um, you can always find, I'm checking for sure, uh, how many of the back ones are like instant clickable archives. I think it's either 10 or 20. Um, okay. Or 20. The, the past 20 episodes, uh, issues. Okay. All right, cool. And then whenever I mention a design in a newsletter, I'll also put the link of that newsletter issue uh, on the Ravelry project page, if people are familiar with Ravelry enough, you know, so that I can, I don't know, I I try to keep the links to the individual issue topics available that way. Uh, So issue 91 was called Crocheting a Yarn's Twist Energy, and it compared Z-Twist and S-Twist. Uh, and, and as far so as the Lotus Z, Yarn goes... Z, oh, I'm Z, just going to say to those who do not know the Z-Twist and the S-Twist, it, re, it refers to the direction in which the yarn was plied. So if you hold the yarn in your hand and you look at it and you picture a letter Z and your, uh, the, the ply in your yarn is going uh, in the same direction the middle bar of a Z would go, then it's Z-twist. If it's going the opposite direction, like the middle of an S, then it's an S-twist. But it refers to how the yarn is plied. Okay, go. Yes. And then there's also um, the other factor with the Z or S-twist is the amount of twist. <clears throat> so it can be what the spinners say um, – Soft twist or hard twist? If if there's oh. if it's twisted Z, I think what they call it, twisted to the left, um, but not very much. That's a soft Z twist. Or if it has a very high twist, like um, sock yarns typically have right. a high or a hard S twist to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually, if crocheters are crocheting right-handed. And this also includes people who are left-handed, but they were taught to crochet right-handed. Um, Which if you're a lot crocheting, of yeah. If you're crocheting right-handed, then just the act of crocheting will add a little bit of a Z twist to the yarn you're using. So, okay. if you're crocheting with a Z twisted yarn, then you're adding a little more twist to the yarn as you use it. And then, if you're crocheting with an S twisted yarn, you're removing your sort of untwisting the yarn a little bit as you crochet with it. Which is why sometimes crocheters get upset because they feel the yarn is splitty, but it's because they're taking the twist out as they're stitching, and so it's easier for the hook to split the ply instead of go smoothly between all the plies. Yeah? Yes. And so that would especially be the case if you are crocheting right-handed with an S-twisted yarn that is softly, has a low amount of twist in it a low amount of S-twist will be the most irksome for right-handed crocheters. You know, that's when the yarn will start to look stringy, um, kind of get an old look, especially if you rip it out and then if you have to frog back a little bit and then crochet again, it starts to look even worse. Um, If you have a yarn that has a very high amount of S-twist, like I have some Madeline Tosh yarns, that, that I love because mm-hmm. they have a high amount of S to them and then, you know, the sock yarns if I want to do fingering weight. Um, it, you may not notice it at all. 
uh, if you're right. crocheting right-handed, you know. Uh, let's see. And so the reason why so this is an issue for crocheters, because yes, because the the yarn industry, they are producing a major a majority of the yarns are S twisted, whether high S or low a low amount of S for knitters. And as far as I can understand, even within knitting, there are a couple of different ways that you could be knitting. You know, whether it be continental or I don't knit, but you know the different kinds of knitting. Right. Some of them mm-hmm. will add a little bit of S, or others will add a little bit of a Z twist while they're knitting. But apparently, the the dominant method of knitting, or the expected way that of that knitters would be knitting, is supposed to be um, compatible with an S twisted yarn. Now, when I have talked to yarn companies from um, different countries in the West, mm-hmm. mainly, when I've been at TNNA or something, ever since, I think I wrote this in my newsletter, too, it's been since about 2006, that I would go up to these booths of, of these yarn companies and say, so why why S? Why, why is your final twist, you know, after you've done all the plying, why is it a final S twist? And I would get a lot of head scratching. Then later on, when I was talking to Mills, um, it it had gotten so that I thought, geez, I hope it's not. I'm not going to have to pay too much extra to the mill to have them produce a Z twisted yarn for me. So I eventually, you know, when I'm going around to the mills when we're developing the Lotus yarn, the the mill people are like, "What? Well, I flick a switch? What's the big deal?" <laughs> Right. <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know anybody cared. <laughs> right, but I will so also say, in, you know, I'm not always defending uh, in the defense of the yarn companies, but I will say uh, the people that create the yarns and the people that sell them at the trade shows are not often the same people. So yes, I, and and they would, often they may not even be the ones who ever use the yarn too. You know. Right. The, yeah. So yeah, it turns out that they weren't the people to ask anyway. I, I should have been asking spinners. But anyway. Yes. So you <laughs> I, I know develop this. Lotus, and Lotus is sold. Um, you have a couple of wholesale accounts, don't you? Or is it all 100% sold on your website? It is still 100% at designingvashti.com. I need to deal with um, um, creating – that, that's a whole new thing for me, the, the wholesale um, part of it. Right. Not not that it's difficult. It's just another learning curve. <laughs> um, well, but I'll, I'll, I think I got to do that after I teach after July. Yeah, but I yeah. was talking about being at this wild, you know, blogger conference two weeks ago. I was at the Snap conference with a lot of our friends and colleagues, and I came home with you know fifty pages of notes, and I haven't gotten wow. to a single one of them because I still have to design crap and <laughs> sell it and make <laughs> my videos, or I'm going to starve to death. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's all fun and games to know that there are 8,000 things that we quote-unquote should be doing, but that doesn't mean they, they are anywhere near the top ten. So Yeah, and these, you know uh, what else? I've, I've, I've found out that there is no shortage of, a, of business advice that other people are willing to give you. There will always <laughs> Yes, now, whether they have a clue or not is a completely different issue, but that is a different show because you know what? There are no shortage <laughs> of people who are willing to give new designers advices on how to run their design businesses. But I always say, <laughs> you know, check that person's profile and find out if they've, you know, designed anything ever 
or more than one or, you know. So, dear, we are completely out of time. So let's talk just ever so briefly. So Lotus is a DK, and what is the fiber content, and how many colors does it come in, and then we have to say goodnight. Ah, okay. It's 52% cotton and 48% rayon. And the reason for that is the way that it, it has this unique kind of applying to it. Um, I don't know. You just have to try it. It's it. So it has a certain kind of a, a, a sleek sheen along with a loft that ends yeah, up... Yeah, I like it um, because it's shiny without being slimy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, polyester blends give you a sheen, but they're not... Yeah. The feel of it is not good while you're stitching. So one of the things I've I've done one pattern in Lotus, and I have some in my stash, um, and it comes in how many million colors? It comes in a fair amount of colors, doesn't it? Twenty colors, and each ball Which, is okay. 256 yards, so it's 100 grams. That's a double size ball. So one ball goes Which a long is also way. Nice. And yeah. um, are you going to have a Lotus booth at CGOA this time, or no? I know sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Oh, yikes. I got burned out on, on both teaching and having a booth at the same time. I got burned out so in no 2016. In yeah, it's teaching <laughs> instead of the yeah. booth this year. <laughs> okay, but I bet if you are at CGOA and you run into Vashti in the hallway or speak to her very politely after her classes – particularly at the very bitter end when all of her classes are done, she might like pull a ball out of her pocket and show you what the difference is. Absolutely. I would probably even have sample balls. There you go. All right. V, this was great. And you're going to have to come on. You're going to have to like have a monthly column or something because we have hours more to go, but we have, we have run way over our allotted time. So one more time, your website, designingvashti.com. Yes. Guys, go sign up for the newsletter. It is it is worth the price of admission, which is, you know, free. So yeah, go do it. Right. It's a resource that you can get, and it's a wonderful thing to have. So, Vashti, I'm going to mute your mic, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. Okay? Thank you thank so you. Thank much, you, Mary you. Beth. Oh, thank Bye. you for coming on. Um, you'll have to come back. Um, so that's it for tonight's show. Again, if you're listening on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio, you've gotten the whole thing, even though Vashti and I went a little over, as is our want. <laughs> but um, she's a fascinating woman and a fascinating designer, and I joke with her, but I really wouldn't be in this business if she had not taken an interest in me. And I do appreciate that I'm in this business 98% of the time. The other 2%, eh. But 98% of the time. Anyway, guys, uh, once again, still looking for a guest next week. So I'll take volunteers. Hit me up on Facebook because God knows I'm not doing anything else this week besides packing. On May 14th, we will have Marisa Garris from Underground Crafter, which I'm very excited about. And no show May 21st because I will be in not Northern Ireland, but Northern Illinois. Uh, So thanks so much for joining us here on Getting Loopy. Come back and see us next week. We'll see you again real soon. Good night.